KKNW, Jeffersonville. Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. A reminder, tonight is the Netsby Awards brought to you by the News and Tribune at Eastside Christian Church in Jeffersonville. I've always said it's a a great way to wrap up the high school sports year. A first-class job uh, always done by the staff of the News and Tribune. 19 individual Player of the Year awards from fall, winter, and spring sports will be honored tonight. Lots of finalists for each of those awards will also be recognized. And Then there's 14 other awards that are given out. Coach of the Year, Team of the Year, Game of the Year, uh, Clutch Performance of the Year. So many great categories to recognize uh, a lot of different athletes and others involved in Southern Indiana high school sports. So a neat deal tonight. And then also some special things, a inspiration award, a, a lifetime achievement award, above and beyond award. So just a great way to recognize not just the, the participants in high school sports here locally, but some involved in the periphery as well. So again, tonight, it doors open at 5 o'clock, Eastside uh, Christian Church, right off of Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. The awards uh, ceremony begins at 6 p.m. It's very professionally done and produced very nicely, so a great facility they have at Eastside. Hope you can make it out tonight. Uh, I will be there early. We'll be, uh, along with Josh Cook, interviewing some of the uh, celebrities tonight as they arrive on the red carpet, as they say, uh, some of the high school athletes that are up for these awards and also coaches and other people that will be in the building tonight. Uh, We'll be interviewing folks to kind of keep you entertained as you get to your seat. And then listen very closely because when you hear fall sports and the nominees for whatever sport award are, that's my voice in the background. So always happy to play a small role with our friends from the News and Tribune. Again, it's a great deal to uh, close out the high school sports year and uh, join us tonight. Five o'clock doors open. Six o'clock is when the ceremony begins and uh, always a great way to recap the uh, high school sports season. And again, uh, really once the Netsby's end, it's time to look ahead to the fall and high school football here in the area. But a lot of awards tonight, uh, a lot of uh, Player of the Year awards in, in all of the different sports. And the great thing is the finalists also get recognized. You get to learn a little bit. They get uh, some honor on the screen as well uh, for their uh for their big seasons, even if they ultimately end up not winning the award 
in their sport or in their category. But uh, join us tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the Nets be the uh, News and Tribune Sports Performance Yearly Awards. This is the first time that they're back in person. They've happened uh, for the last two years in a virtual setting uh, because of COVID-19. So it'll be nice to be back out and uh, among all the athletes and coaches and their families and others that will come to support them tonight. So uh, some normalcy is uh, going to happen tonight, and uh, that's a good thing for uh, the Netsby Awards, no question about that. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here, we've got some headlines of the day for this Tuesday, June 21st. And when we get to those in just a moment, some really bad news. Caleb Swanigan, Biggie Swanigan was his nickname as a high school, a great high school basketball player in our state. He went on to Purdue to have a nice season or two there, uh, but he has died. He passed away, the school announced earlier this morning. And we'll tell you the few details we know, not, not a lot at this point, but obviously some really, really uh, sad news for basketball in our state. Uh, some other headlines to get to. I failed to mention yesterday Northwestern with a uh, big transfer leaving the program, leaving the conference, going to North Carolina. So we'll cover that as well and some other headlines here in our opening segment. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. Uh, plenty of IU basketball topics to get to uh, with Mike. And then in our third segment today, Mike Pegram, Peegs, Peegs.com. Uh, he's announced his retirement. He's going to still own the Peegs website, and but Mike is going to step away from the day-to-day duties of managing that site. He's going to turn him over to Jeff Rabjohns, who is another very familiar name, I know, to listeners of this program. So we've only got a couple weeks left with Mike. He officially goes into retirement July 1st, so we'll have a somewhat normal conversation with him today on some IU basketball and football stuff, and then Mike, uh, in uh, next week, we're just, I kind of want to recap his career, because I tell you, you think uh, Mike, just a journalist or just a media member that's covered uh, IU basketball, Mike really was a trailblazer as far as in the world of team sites that cover college football, college basketball on these various networks, like the 247 network used to be Scout, uh, to, uh, Rivals Network, which is still in existence today. Mike was kind of one of the original guys that did it and did it full time and did it the right way. And uh, of course, now that world, if you're a fan of any sport or any sp- specific team, there's a website you can subscribe to with the discussion forum and all the breaking news. And he, again, kind of helped set that up for uh, all of college sports. And so uh, he's also been a great friend to this program and a great friend to me uh, personally over the years. And so Mike is going to join us today to, uh, we'll talk a little bit about his retirement, but we'll also talk some news. And then next week we'll have his final segment, at least his final regular segment with us. Uh, but he's agreed when there's big news, if IU were to make a deep tournament run, or if there ever is a coaching change uh, in basketball or football or something uh, monstrumental happens, um, he is going to uh, to join us uh, as a as a, a guest from time to time. So, but we will have Peegs on with us a little bit later in the program today. And that's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502 414 
1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. If you're not a member, no problem. Text REWARDS to 80313, that's 80313 today, to join Thornton's Refreshing Rewards. And don't forget to send us a text. Your questions, your comments, your topics. Are you going to the Netsbees tonight? You got an IU basketball topic you want me to bring up uh, bring up today with uh, Mike Schumann or Mike Pegram? Uh, we haven't talked a lot of football. Maybe you want me to ask something about football. We'll do that uh, today if you'll send us a text. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Let's get into these headlines for today and start off with, with a sad one. Uh, Caleb Swanigan, who was an outstanding player at Homestead High School. He led Homestead to a 4A state championship. You might remember his performance against a really good Evansville Wrights team that I thought would ultimately win the 4 a title that year, but uh, Biggie and his team able to get that done. He went on to Purdue, but he has passed away at the age of 25. Swanigan was born in Indianapolis, went to Homestead High School, which is located in Metropolitan Fort Wayne. He was also Indiana's Mr. Basketball in 2015. I mentioned the state championship, uh, their first ever at Homestead uh, that same season as well. He played two seasons at Purdue. I can remember if it was one or two, 2015 through 2017. He was drafted after that in the first round of the NBA draft draft by the Portland Trailblazers. Purdue put out a statement, quote, our thoughts and prayers to Caleb Swanigan's friends and family. The world lost a gentle soul last night. Uh, but no real details of his death or his situation, but obviously sad news for a great, great high school basketball player in our state and someone that was really good for a couple seasons uh, with Purdue. I don't recall all the details of his life story. I know that as he was being recruited by Purdue and so many other schools and was an Indiana All-Star and Mr. Basketball, uh, we had that discussion a few times on this program. But as a youngster, he was very much overweight. He came from a very, very tough situation. And I can remember watching him play maybe in eighth or ninth grade when he was just beginning to break on the scene. And he was big and he was talented, but boy, he had a lot of work to do on his body uh, to become a high-level Division I college basketball player and obviously someone that had the ability to go on to play for a bit in the NBA. So kind of a troubled personal home life as well. Really, uh, when he graduated and became Mr. Basketball and went to Purdue, kind of was, I think, the, the beginning of a success story for him. But obviously terrible news that he has passed away. I'm sure that we'll learn more about that in the coming days. But uh, anytime you see uh, someone at 25 years old who at one time was a athlete and uh, a very successful one at that pass away at such a young age, just just terrible. So we begin our thoughts, uh, our show today with thoughts and prayers for Caleb Swanigan and Purdue 
fans and folks that uh, that knew him as he ascended to really uh, some good years of basketball. Also, uh, I did not mention this yesterday, but some big news, and you don't really get much uh, transfer news at this point. There, there are still some uh, folks in the portal that you kind of know are going to leave that for whatever reason maybe have not made their decision. The, ca- the case here with Pete Nance of Northwestern is – he was a senior last year, so he's kind of taken some time making sure that he does want to return for a graduate year of college basketball. And with that, he doesn't have to go through all the rules and regulations and some of the formalities that come with the transfer portal for underclassmen. But he did announce over the weekend that he will play another year of college basketball. And unfortunately for Chris Collins and the Northwestern team, it won't be there. He is uh, committed to UNC. He's going to play at North Carolina. And if you need any help remembering Nance, he's a six foot ten forward, and he averaged fourteen point six points as a senior for the Wildcats last season. He also hit fifty forty excuse me forty five point two percent of his three point attempts and was the team's leading scorer on the CBS Sports list of uh, transfers this off season. Uh, he was twentieth and the last player in the top twenty five uh, still available according to those rankings. So a big piece late for North Carolina and a big loss for Northwestern. I hadn't followed it closely. I knew that it uh, was likely he would return for a year of graduate basketball, and it may not be at Northwestern. I'm not sure if he considered Northwestern for another season of hoops or uh, if he was uh, only going to play somewhere else. But nonetheless, officially, with his commitment to North Carolina over the weekend, that's a big get for the Tar Heels, who are looking to kind of repeat last year's NCAA tournament success. Armando Baycott coming back that was one of the top players in college hoops to return along with Trace Jackson Davis and uh, Pete Nance will be a big big addition for North Carolina as well and again on the flip side of that a big loss for the Big Ten Conference and for Northwestern, who should really be a team once again in the conference that struggles. They've lost some key players here in recent years as well. Also, some IU coaching news per an article with Zach Osterman, who joins us on our Monday program. He wrote about IU athletics and their financial position. Of course, during COVID, they had some bad years, as did all college athletic departments. Lots of losses, uh, some big deficits. I think IU was at one time 20 plus million dollar deficit in athletics. Things appear to be getting better and kind of quietly in uh, recent uh, weeks and maybe months, IU has announced a number of uh, contract extensions which often come with raises uh, for its head coaches. Terry Morin has received a raise of $125 in guaranteed income uh, each season at Indiana. She also had a multi-year extension. And the one that uh, surprised me a little bit, Jeff Mercer, the baseball coach, after that topsy-turvy season, season this past year. He received uh, a an extension as well. Uh, so we'll have more on this later in the show with Mike Schumann and Mike Pegram, but it does appear that the financial issues for uh, IU Athletics, and hopefully a lot of the athletic departments across college sports with TV deals and uh, shares from NCAA tournaments and other forms of income in addition to sponsorships and season tickets, hopefully getting somewhere back to normal are improving, but uh, that's something we'll address a little bit later in the program today. Speaking of Terry Morin, uh, the USA team she was coaching, the under-18 women's team, uh, won gold at the FIBA 
under-18 women's championship uh, down in South America. So she was an assistant for that uh, team, and they defeated Canada 82-77 on Sunday night after a week of play in Argentina specifically was where that tournament was at. So she's got some further duties with USA Basketball, but uh, a nice off-season gold medal for her. And, of course, anytime you see coaches, men's or women's, uh, get involved, with USA Basketball, they have that option, that ability to coach uh, high school prospects. And often it leads to uh, some success. There's relationships that are made. I know maybe more so if you're the head coach of the USA team, but uh, definitely uh, the opportunity there to provide uh, some uh, help with recruiting for Terry Moore and, and the IU women's program. Final thing I wanted to mention, and I want to say this with caution, I have not at all read or seen Romeo Langford's name attached to any of this, but looking at the NBA draft, which is coming up later in the week, and for a guy like myself that doesn't pay much attention to the NBA outside of the NBA Finals, I do like the draft because a lot of those guys you remember from high school ball or college ball, and I'm always interested about foreign players coming into the league. I'm curious as well about some of the new paths to the NBA through this G League Ignite program that's been started for players that don't meet the age requirement to enter the NBA draft directly out of high school. So I just like kind of having it on and hearing some of the background information and seeing who goes where. Just kind of a fun night if you're a basketball guy. But I have seen uh, multiple mentions that the Spurs could be in line for a very busy NBA draft night. Of course, the Spurs is Romeo Langford's new home for the last fourth or less of the NBA season. But they've got four picks coming up, and it's just a two-round draft. Uh, so they've got four picks coming up later this week. Also, in addition to that, uh, they have been mentioned with potentially – three possible trades, one jumping them as high as to the number four pick in the first round. So when you get uh, in the mention for trades, it does look like some which way one of those you would think would work out. And it's always interesting when you hear trades and there's a local connection like Romeo, your ears kind of perk up. So again, I have no knowledge of anything. I'm not saying at all that Romeo is on the trade block or would be traded, but it is interesting to see the Spurs with uh, a lot of talk about maybe some potential moves uh, for draft night. So I'm sure that could involve somebody, some trade, some players. So maybe pay a little closer attention. Don't have any knowledge of anything. I think it's unlikely he gets traded, especially after he just arrived uh, you know, months ago in San Antonio. But it will be interesting to see what the Spurs do in the offseason, who they bring in, what positions they are. And of course, if they were to get that number four pick, who do they get that high in the draft and a potential future teammate of Romeo Lankford. We know this is going to be a very big year uh, for San Antonio and for Romeo Lankford. He's, this is the year he's got to put it all together and hope to stay healthy. That's been a big issue for him, a lot of little nagging injuries. So uh, pay a little extra attention to the draft and the Spurs coming up on Thursday night of this week. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, the latest on IU basketball and more. And Mike Pegram of Peaks.com still ahead as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier is my guest. Mike's work is available at thedailyhoosier.com and also at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, we start with some sad news. I mentioned this in the headlines today. Caleb Swanigan, who was a great player, a great high school basketball ball player in our state and went on to have a great two years at Purdue before being drafted uh died last evening we're just finding out that news here this morning yeah incredibly sad news to to hear um we you know as fans have this habit of kind of making guys that wear the the rival uniform out to be like some sort of you know comic strip villain type type person but when you when you hear these stories you're you're reminded that these are are very real people with real lives and in this case a tragic situation obviously don't know all the the details but caleb's story if people don't know it it is incredibly um unique and um you know was a major success story an inspirational story for such a long time you know he was homeless for for a long time um you know ended up being raised by an agent at, at one point, you know, really struggled with, with weight issues much of his life, but really overcame a lot and ultimately made it to the NBA for for a short stint. So it's really unfortunate to, to see that story turn out this way. And you can see the, the outpouring of uh, thoughts and condolences on Twitter, you know, guys like Troy Williams and Yogi Ferrell from the IU side that, that got to know him in the NBA that have you know, talked about what what an incredible guy he is. So it, it, it's a very just it's just kind of sickening to to see that kind of news today. Yeah, no question. And I think back to even his Homestead team and the success he had with them. He was such a dominant player. Homestead was really good his senior year, especially. But being from here in Southern Indiana and being such a big high school basketball guy, I remember how good Evansville Wrights was that year. They were amazing. They had five to seven really good players. Uh, they had that uh, one-two-two defense they would throw at you, and I thought for sure seeing them two or three times in the regular season they would win the four A championship. But Biggie Swanigan almost single-handedly assured in the, in Banker's Life Fieldhouse at that time it was called uh, that they did not. So he he was quite the high school player, and you mentioned touched on his background. I did as well earlier today in the show, and I don't remember all the particulars, but uh, he overcame a lot, and uh, boy, what a great player he was there for his high school time, and even in Purdue, so he he will definitely be missed, and I'm sure we'll find out more details in the coming days, Uh, you know, no no real um, explanation of anything at this time, but uh, sad news, uh, Mike, to begin our program today. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, I I think it's just... Just a reminder for everybody that that life is precious and just got to take advantage of every moment. Absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann, we'll get into some IU stuff. Mike is the author of thedailyhoosier.com. You know, some interesting news yesterday or over the weekend, and I I did not bring it up on the show yesterday. I wanted to mention it with you today, but Pete Nance of Northwestern, a graduate player going to North Carolina, another big loss for the Big Ten Conference, and I don't think it helps or hurts IU 
in this way early race for the Big Ten Conference Championship because Northwestern, even with him, back as a graduate player, I'm not sure would have been in that race. Uh, but definitely a loss for the Big Ten, a, a potential player that could have come back for another year, choosing to go elsewhere. And so the Big Ten will be uh, will be missing some potential uh, names that could have helped the overall talent pool for next season. Yeah, and I guess potentially still a name or a player that, that Indiana could see on the schedule if they do, in fact, as a lot of people think, they'll, they'll face North Carolina and Bloomington in the ACC Challenge. I'm not sure about that one. I've heard a lot of different schools thrown out there, but I, I definitely think they're going to have a home game, and I definitely think North Carolina is one of a handful of teams that they could, could see. So that, that possibility of seeing Pete Nance one more time and I guess Miller Cop getting to, to go up against his old teammate and good friend one one more time is still a possibility that's out there. But to to the larger point, yeah, it's just a part of a overarching talent drain in the Big Ten. Just a lot of a lot of big name guys that either have gone pro or have transferred. You know, I'm I'm going team by team right now uh, through through the conference and and taking a look at just that. You know, who who's coming back, who was lost, who who's new from a transfer or recruiting standpoint and it just keeps standing out to me every team i go through you know you you can make the case that they've got you know maybe a a respectable starting lineup four or five guys that that you you think can can put a good team on the floor but it it's once you kind of go back to the next level and, and look at depth that i really think that's why indiana stands out above head and shoulders above the rest i mean i really feel like indiana has almost I, I dread to say it because it reminds me of the, the Kentucky team from from a few years ago, but almost like two shifts uh, of players, you know, a second five that, that's competitive with the first five, and I think is really going to, you know, if Indiana does live up to expectations for next year, I really think it's going to be because of depth, because of of the. The ability to to beat people when their bench is on the court, Mike. I'm also curious that you know, kind of a late move. I know uh, Nance, a graduate player, so he uh, doesn't have the same restrictions of entering the portal by a certain date. But uh, is is that one of the final moves, at least notable moves that we think will will see in the conference this off season? I guess there's still a chance for a graduate transfer. Or, Maybe someone that entered the portal before the deadline that hasn't made a decision yet could still be added to a roster, and there's always a chance of some late recruiting change, I guess, for some reason. But are things just about set, or are they set as far as rosters go for next season? I think we're really close. I think I saw yesterday that the only kind of real high-profile player that's out there, and this could have even changed, is Imani Bates. I've seen his name mentioned with with some Big Ten schools. I have no clue how legit that that really is, but obviously he's a highly talented guy. That that would be a game changer. I think there's. I also saw yesterday with with Michigan that they're a, a finalist for an international prospect. I, I forget what country he's from, but but that who would be eligible to play immediately next year. I think they still got a spot or two, and he was saying that he was impressed with you know the. The way Michigan has been a, a path to the NBA for, for the, the Wagners in the past. And so that, that one seems like it could have some potential. And they also just picked up a transfer from Duke late last week in Joey Baker that I think will give their, their lineup a, a boost. Um, so, so I do, 
I do think that stuff's at least going on, but I do think we're very close to the, to the end of all that, you know, shaking up. But, you know, the combination of, you know, what, what Michigan has done late last week and what they can potentially do if they do add that, that international prospect along with the, the schedule that came out last week, I do think it's kind of tightened things back up a little bit. I, I was starting to think that maybe Indiana was kind of the, the clear leader, and I, and I think they still are the leader, but the schedule was not favorable in, in the way that it came out, in my opinion, last week from the Big Ten. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, also I wanted to bring up an article that I read before the show today from Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He recapped kind of some quiet uh, changes, or uh, I shouldn't say changes, but uh, more money given, contract extensions, some pay raises in the IU Athletics Department. And that's interesting to see Terry Morin get a bump. A number of other coaches receive some additional years and a pay bump as well. Because at one time, the big concern for IU and the Big Ten Conference and really any college sports athletic department, it didn't matter the location or the level, was big-time deficits that existed following some bad, bad years because of the COVID shutdown, which cost TV money, which cost postseason shares to come in, and so many other things. Season tickets and sponsorships came to a, a, a halt, basically. Uh, can I, I'm assuming you saw this article, and you also have, I know, a general feel for all things IU sports. Can we assume with some extensions being made and some pay raises going even to sports outside of men's basketball ball, which seems to hum along no matter what's going on, that things are improving for uh, for not just IU, but maybe a lot of college sports departments as things start to get back to uh, a great level of normalcy? I think improving for sure. I mean, you got you got the TV money, which continued to flow even, even during the pandemic, so that was helpful. You got fans back last year. I think if I'm remembering right, the financials for IU comes out right after June thirtieth, so we'll get some sort of window in, into what the kind of the twenty one twenty two year looked like with a little bit more normalcy uh, last year, and see if they did in fact kind of get back in, into the to the black, so to speak, in terms of their financials. The the, the article that you referenced certainly seems to to suggest that's the case that there's a little bit more comfort. I mean, I know IU was one of many schools that, you know, as you said, were operating in deep deficits during the pandemic from an athletic standpoint and and had to borrow from, from the university itself. So there, there's still some of that going on in terms of, you know, you know, inner, so, so intercompany loans, so, so to speak, that, that the programs and the athletic departments have to, to deal with. So there's all kinds of wranglings. I'm sure all schools handle it differently as they always do when it comes to the, the financial side of, sides of things. But I, I think it's at least a, a window into the, the notion that things are in fact returning to, to normal. Um, you know, some, someone like a Terry Moran who has, you know, clearly elevated the IU women's basketball program to the, what I would consider, you know, borderline elite level, you know, top 20 year in and year out, you know, another, another season coming up where they'll probably be, Preseason ranked top ten, top fifteen. I mean, you you have that 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 becomes a very competitive situation, um, you know, where where you have to pay her in accordance with with the product that she's putting on the court and has consistently done so for a while now, and so you know, one way or another, that you have to find the resources to 
to keep high producers like that happy, and I think that's what's going on. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, you had a story on your site earlier uh, that kind of recapped all the 2023 targets for IU and where they stand in the latest batch of national rankings that have come out from some of the top recruiting sites and rankings that are out there. Uh, the first take I had is one I've said multiple times on this show, uh, that it's amazing to me how many big-time, highly-ranked players IU is involved with from so many different parts of the country. Xavier Booker is obviously the top-ranked player on that list, almost, I think, unanimously from the different services out there. But kind of an overview of where the targets stand and where they are ranked, and, uh, gosh, a lot of uh, really good talent out there that IU is involved with. Yeah, and you start with the the two guys that they got committed in the class. Gabe Cops, a point guard, a very very true point guard, pass first. Uh, you know, just a, a very heady, high IQ, coach's son player that that probably will never be a major scorer at the college level. You know, he might at at his peak might give you like ten points per game, um, and, and he can make shots, but it's not like he's he's gonna be a shot hunter, so to speak. And then Jakai Newton. A combo guard, good athlete. Um, you know, I, I think his athleticism, his defense, his ability to get out and transition are his strengths. He he can shoot the basketball, but again, not not a guy that you look at and say, man, that that's just going to be your your shooter in the class, so to speak. And both guys are not especially tall. Though Newton has an incredible wingspan, I think he broke a record with his wingspan. But I think. I think both are around the the six two six three type area. So so what that means is that if you look out to the rest of the class and you look at some of those guys that that you referenced in the article, um, they they need more length in the class. They need more shooting. They um, they need big men. And you know Xavier Booker is clearly not just on IU's radar, but on everyone's radar. I mean, a year ago he was. The guy not too many people were thinking about or talking about just starting to, to kind of come onto the radar, and now he's top 10 consist, consensus across the board, a five-star. Somebody I use really trying to push and convince to come in. Um, so so he's one. I, I think you think about the shooters, and, and there's a trio of guys, you know, Andre Stoyakovic, who people will know that name from, from his father being – Page is a longtime NBA star, and he's just like his dad, a great shooter. TJ Power out of Boston, you know, a six eight, six nine kid who's who's really versatile, can shoot, can rebound. I, I watched him down in in Louisville a few weeks ago, and really, really liked his game. I really see a fit with what Indiana's trying to do with a, a spread out offense, and then Jamie Kaiser. Uh, a guy that, you know, appeared to be, you know, ha- have a foot in the door at Maryland uh, as recently as a week or two ago, has, according to reports over the weekend, has kind of stepped back from that and, you know, at least appears to be get- giving consideration to, to taking a visit to Indiana and maybe other schools. I think Mike Woodson made made him a priority over the weekend, was one of the first players he visited um, or not visited, but but watched during the live period. So so those are guys, you know, they're they're all in that that sweet spot, you know, say for Booker, but the the Stoyakovich, the the um, the power, the the Kaiser, you know, kind of not not top ten guys, not one and done guys, guys that are going to give you, or at least project project to give you several years at the college level, can all score the basketball, uh, really. Uh, I would say the the recruiting 
sweet spot in terms of guys that are going to really contribute at the college level and really add values to programs. So, so I think that's where they're at, and I think it's a really good place to be. Mike, I saw that Xavier Booker, who had an unofficial visit again, another stop by the Bloomington campus for uh, the big-time player from Cathedral, he had good things to say about Indiana. So as his recruitment explodes on national scene, uh, probably the number one question outside of, hey, do you really think IU could win a Big Ten Conference championship this year? Uh, the number one question I get is, can Indiana land Booker? Can Indiana keep this big-time surging talent in state? And I think it's uh, should be refreshing or maybe uh, somewhat comforting for fans, even though there's a long way to go in this race, that he has really good things to say about the coaching staff in Bloomington. And uh, I have a feeling Indiana, I don't know if they're going to get him, but I think they'll be in the mix for him for a long time down the stretch. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's where that's really all you can ask for, right? I mean, they they are in the hunt for a, a five-star, a top-ten kid. Um, you know, as you said, he, he had very positive things to say. You know, I believe he, he referred to Indiana as the, a perfect fit. I mean, sometimes that's just a kid, you know, with the, the microphones in his face, <laughs> feeling the pressure of the moment, and you don't want to read too much into it. But it's certainly not a bad thing to hear if you're an Indiana fan. I, I think what, what he, the message that he's getting in talking to some people around him is that, look, you know, Trace Jackson Davis not going to be back next year. Race Thompson not going to be back next year. Um, it, it's it's wide open for him to, to step in and, and have a major role right right off the bat. Um, I, I don't think it hurts Indiana at all that, that he comes from a very close-knit family. Every time I've ever seen him, his parents are right there with him. I think they go to a lot of his travel events uh, and I think family is very important to him so uh, well whereas I don't know that he's necessarily going to make geography the number one aspect of his decision I I think it weighs into it I think I think from both his parents side and his side the appeal of of you know having having everybody around being able to go to a lot of games without a lot of hectic travel I, I think that is a factor as well um, so, so I think, you know, going back to the original point with, with kids like that, you just want to have a shot. You want to be able to, you know, have a puncher's chance. Um, you know, the, the real inflection point with this whole recruitment is, you know, once it flips to his senior year official visits, which I think is August 1st, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, he'll only have five places he can go on officials. If, if Indiana is one of those, then, then at that point you're thinking, okay, well, they, they've done enough to be one of the, the five finalists and they've got a chance to close it. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he joins our show on Tuesdays. Mike, an entertaining offseason coming up of recruiting. Indiana involved with so many prospects from so many different areas. The uh, June 2nd uh, live period coming up this weekend and, of course, in July, lots of opportunities for these players to uh, be viewed by college coaches. We'll catch up with you again next week. Okay, Matt. Look forward to it. All right, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier with me. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the day, and that's with Mike Pegram of Peaks.com, who announced his retirement recently. We'll talk with him about that and a little more IU insight from Peaks. He's the original guy doing all this stuff on the Internet as far as uh, IU coverage goes, and uh, we'll talk with him next here on The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back, final segment of this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com, my guest. More IU talk in this segment. But first, Mike, I want to begin with an announcement that you made over the weekend that uh, you are retiring from the Peaks.com website. You will still be the owner, and I'm sure still involved in some of the back-end stuff, but um, a, a break away from covering some of the daily things and games and recruiting and things that have made the Peaks website so famous. So to start, uh, and I know we're going to talk more about this next week in your final segment on this show, uh, but I wanted to congratulate you and tell you thanks for the great coverage of IU basketball and football and so much more over the years. Well, Matt, I really appreciate it. Um, I've enjoyed watching you kind of grow up in this business too. And, uh, and uh, it's tough, man. It's hard. Hard to keep up with everything, but you do a great job. Thank you very much. Uh, one one final thing, and again, we're going to talk more about uh, all your contributions to the IU media landscape next week, but uh, I think back to the days where there were no, and the internet was really just becoming about, at least for normal people like you and I, but I think back to the days where there wasn't all of this recruiting information and uh, there weren't websites for every team that were professionally ran. In fact, there weren't websites at all for teams. And uh, you were one of the first guys, if not the first, doing a team-specific website uh, that eventually latched on at the very beginning of some of these networks. And I know you've been with a few different networks over the years, but in many ways, I'm not sure people understand this, that subscribe to your site or that listen to you each Tuesday on this show, but you're, you're kind of the guy in college sports and recruiting that got all this stuff rolling many, many years ago. I think it was back, I saw, in 1998, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was 97, 98-ish. I always remember getting my first Windows 95 computer and figuring <laughs> that out. And then being, I was on a Prodigy and AOL boards. Uh, some people probably remember those days and that led to the Indy Star board and then to forming my own website. But it was apparent to me that that the web was a great place to collect uh, all, all things IU basketball in one, one spot. And, uh, and so I went for it. Yeah, congratulations again, Mike Pegram, uh, our guest. Again, Mike, kind enough to join us today, and he's going to be with us for a final chat uh, next week on the program. Getting into some IU stuff, one of the one of the players, you talk about off-season work and off-season development. One of the players that I'm interested to see what happens between the end of last season and the beginning of next season is Anthony Leal. And I know there was a story on your site and some conversation about him recently where it, it, he made a comment, a quote, that he had been working on the point guard position or playing a lot of point guard positions so far this offseason. And I thought that was an interesting interesting comment from him. It may signal there could be a new role and maybe some additional playing time uh, coming his way from that new role. Well, I think he's always been an underrated passer. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've seen the team out there with him, and they've done well when he's not actually been shooting. I think some of that is his unselfishness and his kind of willingness to, to look for teammates. Um, I do think it'll be tough this first 
year if he, if he really is serious about the position with the presence of both Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hood Shafino. But um, you know, maybe that year after, after Xavier has to move on, um, that he could he could really become more of a combo guard. Might be a good way to put it. Mike Pegram, Pegs.com, talking about uh, Anthony Lill and some other offseason stuff. I tell you, I continue to be amazed at what I hear from people that know a lot more than me about college hoops that have seen Jalen Hood Shafino play a lot. And even some of the media uh, stories or, or rankings out there, he's consistently listed as one of the more impact freshmen coming into college basketball next season. I think we talked about that last week. You had a chance this year to see Hood Shafino up close and personal play for his Montverde team a number of times. Um, given his game, given his talent, and also given who is back for Indiana next year, uh, what's an honest assessment that Peegs can tell us about Hood Shafino and really what to expect from him year one and what type of playing time he could see in year one? You know, I, I expect him to start. Uh, he's physically ready for college, um, and he's a, he, he, he's gotten a lot of, of extremely valuable experience playing with with five star level players around him, um, and looking to set those guys up in the post and and and, and shooters and athletes. Just it's hard to explain. You go watch Montverde, you feel like you're watching a top five college team, with the, at least in terms of the level of talent. And that's giving him a head start because a lot of times with a point guard, you're looking at somebody who was, who was asked to score a lot in high school, and that's not really what was the case. But he, he's just a, a, and a very big point guard. That is so rare. He's going to present a lot of ni- uh, nightmare matchup issues for, for even teams in the Big Ten uh, with that kind of 6'6"-ish strong body that he has, but ability to handle the ball on top of it. Mike, I told a couple of folks I, I would switch gears and bring up football at least for a moment with you as we close things out today. And uh, as far as IU football goes, I think there's a lot of unknown. There's been no spring game. Practices have been locked down. Um, there's a lot of unknown, I think, about the roster even from last season. And then yesterday, one of the headlines on this show was how tough Indiana's schedule is ranked even in the Big Ten Conference. What's an honest assessment of, of what fans should expect this year with IU football? It seems like there's a lot of things stacked against Coach Allen and the program headed into this very important year. Yeah, there's a lot of knowns. Um, you know, they the quarterback play will be uh, interesting. The offensive line has to be much, much better. They have to replace Mike McFadden, an All-American, a linebacker. And they have some possibilities at wide receiver, but there's um, there's a lot of ifs on that that position too, which is usually a strength for Indiana. Uh, you know, you know they have to start off the season well. They they, they open with some some teams that can beat them in the, in the first few weeks. So uh, that that'll determine so much that the the, the early part of September. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, with us Tuesdays on the program. Mike, thank you again for being with us. Uh, one final chat next week before you okay. enter a new phase, retirement for uh, uh, for your uh, for all you've done for IU basketball and football coverage. And look forward to that. We're going to make that last segment kind of a tribute to you, if that's okay. So I'll yeah. talk with you next Tuesday around 1145, no. my friend. 
All right, we'll make it one last good one. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. All right, Mike Pegram with us. And again, he announced his retirement from the site earlier in the week. A great guy. He's meant a lot to me personally and been a big help uh, to this show. And, and long before this show was ever thought of, he's been a really big help to me with all the basketball things I've been involved with over the years. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Uh, a note here, there will be no show tomorrow. We've got Bats Baseball that begins at 12.05, which means their pregame coverage will begin around 11.30 or so. And so with that, uh, no Hoosier report on Wednesday. But the good news is we'll be back on Thursday and Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, with complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Don't forget the Netsby Award Tonight, 5 p.m. doors open, 6 p.m. the ceremony begins at Eastside Christian Church on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. I'll be there with Josh Cook interviewing some of the athletes and guests as they arrive. Stop on by and support high school sports here in Clark and Floyd County. That's going to wrap things up for Tuesday. Back with you Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>